come to me I hear a sound busy like traffic headed out of this town Hello and welcome to Office Hours on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine where we bring you all the cutting-edge research from UC Irvine's faculty. I'm Sibel Kaler, and this week we have a very timely topic with Dr. Wei-On Zhao, a professor of biological chemistry, biomedical engineering, and pharmaceutical science. He's here to discuss his current research developing COVID-19 testing. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. So tell us, uh, what is your research working towards? Yeah, I just... Um... You know, we're going to talk about um, COVID-19 testing today. Uh, but first, I just want to give a shout out to uh, the team that I've been working with. Um, it's, you know, really been a fantastic team um, involving uh, Dr. Philip uh, Fildner's lab uh, here at UCI, uh, who has developed um, the early version of this microarray uh, system, and Dr. Nick Heidi, um, who's been developing a low-cost, uh, easy-to-use Mercury uh, imager uh, as well, um, and also a startup company uh, called Velox Biosystems. I founded, um, who's been working on a high throughput version of this um, microarray testing system, um, and that's really gonna uh, enable the system uh, be widely uh, you know, available you know to the public um, in the next couple of months. So, um, so really, what we're uh, doing here is to develop a comprehensive antibody profiling test um, that can determine if a person has had SARS-CoV-2 infection, uh, which caused uh, COVID-19. Um, and this really have very broad implications uh, in understanding the penetrance of, um, you know, this disease in the population, um, you know, which inform uh, the public health uh, strategies in terms of, uh, for example, reopening the economy, um, but also uh, provide us the insight about, you know, host response to the virus. Um, so that can actually guide, you know, therapeutic and the vaccine development as well. Um, you know, like I mentioned, so one thing we, you know, we're doing right now is to automate the system so we can really build up, uh, you know, our capacities, you know, so that we can really enable widespread um, testing uh, in the country. Right. And how does widely, uh, current widely available COVID-19 testing work? And what are some issues with that? Yeah, um, Sibel, you know, I think you know, it's very important to understand, um, you know, when people talk about uh, COVID-19 testing, um, I think initially people mostly refer to, uh, you know, testing the virus. You know, you know, we hear about this nasal swab, right? So using RT-PCR uh, AC, so that really tests the virus um, nucleic acid, right? So in terms of uh, diagnosing disease, and that have, you know that works really well um, for um, you know people uh, who at this onset of disease, you know, who just feel symptoms, right? You know, the first week or so of the infection, uh, when the viral load is still very high, um, so that's you know one category of testing. Uh, but the problem right now um, for the RT-PCR, the nasal swab testing, has been. Um, you know, we you know we can uh, very limited in terms of uh, the kind of people we can test, right? So so far, we have been focused on symptomatic people, right? So people who have symptoms, you know, who are really ill. Uh, we can kind of focus on those people. Uh, but one thing we learned for COVID nineteen is that there are a lot of people are actually um, asymptomatic or pre symptomatic, uh, but they can still um, you know transmit the disease to another person, right? 
Um, now, this nasal swab, this RT-PCR test, is just very inadequate for those, you know, for those kind of situations. So the other category of testing um, is what we refer to this antibody testing or serology testing. Um, and this kind of test really measures the immune response of a person uh, react to the, you know, the viral infection. Okay, so specifically we detect antibodies in the blood. Um, and um, because here we measure um, the immune response and there's typically, uh, there's typically a lack um, in terms of developing the antibodies, right? So uh, normally uh, you know, after like a two or three weeks, you know, we start to see these antibodies uh, against the virus you know, in the blood. Um, but the cool thing about antibody testing is that, so once you develop the immunity, so this can last for a very long time, you know, for, 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 for many, many years even. Um, so we can really uh, test the antibodies to really determine if the person has had you know, infections, right? So. Um, the challenge, though, for you know current antibody testing uh, right now is um, you know you probably heard you know there's lots of news coverage on this and you know what do people refer to as the wild west you know for antibody testing um, because they are not very accurate. Um, the reason is because um, you know many of the existing antibody testing only utilize one or two antibodies, um, and, and you know we know that you know there are lots of uh, uh, you know, cross reactivities, you know, between the COVID-19 virus and, you know, some other viral infections as well. That's why there has been a lot of uh, false positives um, associated, you know, with the current method. Um, so they are not a very uh, uh, accurate. So. Right. So serology helps detect the virus even in its asymptomatic forms? Yeah. Wow. So, I mean, well, I mean, just to be clear, I'm not, not so not a virus per se, but the, the immune response, uh, specifically antibodies uh, developed due to the viral infection. So I think, you know, you know, that's a very important distinction we should make here. Absolutely. And could you explain for the viewers what a microarray is? Yeah, so these are actually, you know, if you guys are familiar with microscope, a lot slide. Right, so and you know those are very standard slide where we actually print, you know, literally use inkjet printer um, or you know like other kind of printer to uh, deposit, um, you know, biological molecules, uh, which in this case is antigen uh, of this virus. Right, so we print those um, on this chip. Uh, the cool thing about this is that um, you know each glass slide actually contain sixteen microarray packs. Um, and on each of these micro we can actually run, you know, a few hundred tests, right? So it's a very high, um, you know, very high plex uh, ASC. Um, you know, again, I just want to uh, emphasize, you know, one of the cool things about, uh, you know, this technology is because um, we actually immobilize, um, you know, in the current version, 67 different antigens. Um, and that actually covering numerous of uh, respiratory uh, infections, okay? So we have um, eight um, antigens for COVID-19 virus, you know, the SARS-CoV-2, um, but, you know, we also have other viral antigens as well, such as, you know, the common cold coronavirus and, you know, influenza as well. So, and this is really important because, uh, you know, we can cover, you know, almost all, you know, the, you know all the major respiratory virus, um, you know, in fact, uh, including 23 virus. Um, and and, um, and this really enable us to do very high throughput, high plex assay, um, and therefore we can really increase our uh, accuracy. 
uh, you know, in terms of sensitivity and specificity. And you know, once you have this uh, microarray prepared, um, and then what we do um, is, you know, we take a patient specimen, uh, you know, typically either blood or plasma or serum, right? So we only need a very small quantity, just a few drops of those. Um, and then we incubate uh, those samples with this microarray. So, um, and the antibodies in the blood, um, you know, again, so result from the infection, we now bind to these um, cognitive antigens that we print on the surface of this chip, right? So, so they're going to be captured, and then we perform a sandwich um, type of assay. So, you know, we have another antibody pack, you know, with a, a dye you know, or quantum dye, so we can stain this chip. So, if you have a positive case, if you have positive antibodies, and that's going to produce a very strong fluorescence. You know, we can analyze that. And how will this data be analyzed? Um, I, I think there's uh, multiple layers of data that we're talking about here. Um, you know, I think the first data, uh, you know, obviously, is yes or no, right? So does this person have had the infection of, you know, SARS-CoV-2? Um, you know, that's really the first way, you know, we're going to have. Um, but again, so we also implement artificial intelligence and machine learning uh, features on the data analysis, because remember, you know, we have, you know, a few dozens of antigens and, you know, we cover 23, um, you know, virus, right? So we can actually really reveal, uh, you know, on individual basis, um, how a person react to the infection and how they develop the immunity against the virus, you know, in a very quantitative fashion. Um, so we can provide lots of insight. Uh, about you know host response and, and you know therefore we can guide therapeutic and vaccine development as well. So the third layer of data, which we're really excited about, um, is actually a cloud-based uh, a big data analysis feature, and that's able to provide surveillance uh, information to the pub, uh, you know to the public health agencies uh, in terms of um, you know where you have a cluster, the outbreak, and, you know how many people. Um, and all those kind of informations um, is so critical to inform, you know, the policymakers um, to come up with strategies, you know, for mitigation of the disease, but also, uh, you know, reopening, the, you know, the country and the economy as well. That's amazing. How expensive and time efficient is this method of testing? Um, it, it's, yeah, so in terms of uh, the cost uh, per test, you know, we estimate right now is somewhere... $60 to uh, $200 per test, um, really depending on the setting and the volume, you know, your, and the scale of that testing as well, uh, you know, which is very uh, comparable to other uh, immunotesting uh, on the market. And uh, in terms of the SE time, um, and, and, you know, the SE time itself only take a few hours, uh, but because, you know, we envision, you know, this is going to happen in a kind of a centralized lab where, uh, people are going to perform automated high throughput testing. You know, we're talking about you know tens of samples a day, right? Um, and so, if you consider that, you know, I, I, you know, think that we have a very rapid turnaround time for that. Right. What methods have you been using to prove the accuracy of the testing? Yeah. So, uh, Dr. Fielder's lab uh, has actually done some uh, some initial study, um, and and. Um, you know, the way it was performed was, uh, you know, of course, um, you know, whenever you validate a, a, a new clinical test, right, so you're going to have positive samples. Uh, in this case, is you know, COVID-19 patient. Um, and that was confirmed by the RT-PCR. So remember, we talk about 
you know, people use this uh, measles swab RT-PCR test to confirm, uh, you know, if a person actually had the disease. Um, so uh, we use those patients as a positive cases. Uh, and we also have a whole bunch of uh, negative um, samples from healthy donors. Um, and, you know, these donors uh, were actually, um, their sample were acquired prior to the COVID-19 pandemic. So we really made sure, um, so they were negative, right? So. So we performed those uh, assays um, on the platform, and uh, and you know, it turns out, I mean, the initial data was really, really encouraging. Um, so, um, uh, Fiona's lab is able to um, discriminate the positives from the negatives. You know, with you know, nearly a hundred percent sensitivity and specificity, meaning you know, the test is really uh, accurate. Um, you know, it has really exceptional uh, true positive and true negative rates. Um, and, you know, to my knowledge, um, and this is probably uh, the most accurate um, antibody testing uh, systems available in the market right now. Uh, again, and this is because we can run, um, you know, a few dozens of uh, antigens uh, per test, you know, whereas other assays, you know, tend to only uh, perform one or two antibodies at the time, right? So that's why, um, you know, this technology is so much more accurate. Um, and currently, of course, um, we're doing a much larger clinical study. And as we speak, um, the Fieldness Lab actually, um, you know, in collaboration with the UCI Medical Center, uh, as well as the community here, uh, right now we're doing, um, you know, a few solvent um, samples uh, in the next couple of weeks. Um, and, and, you know, hopefully we can reveal so much more regarding, um, you know, both research outcomes and the clinical outcomes as well. Um, but also, you know, we can fully validate the performance of this test. That's so exciting. Uh, what research and clinical outcomes will the tests have? Yeah, so for, yeah, no, I mean, this is something really exciting. Um, and, and, you know, just to be able to understand um, the penetrance of this uh, infection in the community itself, right? So, um, you know, that is a big thing. Um, and, you know, I just give you another example, you know, I was talking to one of my uh, colleagues, you know, from a different department, um, and the question that he was asking um, is, you know, can the pregnant woman pass on the infection to the babies, right? So, uh, you know, I mean, that was a very different study, of course, but just kind of give you an example, uh, you know, with this kind of a testing ability, uh, the kind of research and the clinical questions, you know, you can really ask. And, you know, we think about the public health um, uh, uh, domains, uh, you know, the, the implications there are just enormous. Um, yeah. Do you think that the test will possibly lead to development of the vaccine? Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, one of the um, exciting applications um, of this test uh, is actually to partner with uh, vaccine developers, right? So. Um, you know, you guys probably heard this morning. So there's some good news from uh, uh, Moderna. Um, you know, who's the first company here started um, you know clinical trials for vaccines for COVID-19, right? So, and and you know, and, and for those companies, you know, one of the things they need to know is how patient, you know, how people actually respond to vaccines, right? You know, do they develop immunity? You know, what kind of antibody uh, do they develop, right? And and you know, are those antibodies uh, able to neutralize a viral infections, right? So they need to know those, you know, those information. Um, and this comprehensive uh, antibody profiling tool 
uh, can really enable those kind of information um, so that you know we can um, hopefully inform and identify the particular vaccine um, uh, therapy, right? Um, you know that has you know the the the, the, the most uh, promising uh, outcome, right? So we can really inform and you know, accelerate uh, vaccine development in that regard. When did you start working on this project? Yeah, um, so I, you know, Fielders Lab, um, you, you know, started on this a few months ago. You know, almost you know as early as the pandemic started. Um, so they already um, made um, the first version of this essay. Um, and actually, at this point, so like I said, you know, the essay is already available for research uh, purposes. Um, and um, you know, our next milestone is really um, to make this a clinical test, right? So, uh, and currently, you know, working with the Vlox Biosystems, uh, you know, we're validating uh, this test in a clear lab. Um, you know, the lab um, has the kind of a quality standard um, to enable a clinical collaborate um, approval, right? So within the next couple of months, we hope to um, submit to the FDA, uh, the emergency use authorization, the EUA. Um, so hopefully we can get that approved in the next couple of months. Um, and, you know, at the same time, so like I mentioned, we're developing a very high throughput uh, automated uh, version uh, of this essay so that we can really scale up uh, the capacity so we can make this widely available um, to test a very larger population uh, in the country. So do you think by later this year, the, this method of testing could be widely available? I think so. Um, you know, I'm very hopeful. And, um, and, you know, because, you know, currently we already uh, use that for research purposes um, and we're uh, obtaining lots of data along the way. Um, and that's really kind of help us to optimize the SE, you know, validate the SE. Um, and, you know, the partnership with the CLIA lab, you know, really enable us to enter the clinical testing space um, because, you know, they have those kind of uh, QCs and, and, you know, all this kind of standard uh, implement. Um, yeah, no, I really think um, in the next couple of months, hopefully, you know, sometime in the summer, uh, we're able to get this FDA uh, EUA approved. Um, and, and um, you know, as soon as we have that, you know, we should be able to uh, widely deploy this. Um, yeah, hopefully this is going to happen sooner than the end of this year. Wow. Yeah, I really hope so. Um, who are some of the other people who you've been working with on this project? Yeah, so... Um, you know, I mentioned a few people uh, early on. You know, I think you know it's important to mention them again. Um, so my collaborators are uh, Dr. Philip Filner, um, so who is the director of the uh, UCI's Vaccine Research uh, Center, um, and his team you know, has been really phenomenal. Um, you know, they have had uh, many many years of experiences in my career, SE development, um, and the other group I've been working with uh, is Dr. Nick Heady. Um, and uh, also my collaborator, Dr. Enrico Guatan, um, and here at the UCI as well. So they are expert in optics, um, and they're developing a low-cost, uh, easy-to-use mercury imager, um, you know, go along with the SE, so we can acquire images, we can acquire data. Um, and um, the third uh, entity that we're working with uh, is Velox Biosystems, um, who I think are really going to take this to a much wider uh, population. And um, so they're developing this uh, high throughput automated um, system, but also, uh, you know, software, you know, algorithms for uh, easy uh, data analysis um, and also this uh, big data uh, feature as well for surveillance. What have been some of the biggest challenges with this project? 
Yeah. Um, no, I think, um, you know, to me, the, the biggest hurdle next is really to um, deploy this, you know, very, very widely, basically, right? So, um, and, and um, you know, I think, um, so from a technology perspective, um, this is quite a straightforward, in my opinion. Um, so our question now is, you know, how can we take this to every corner of the country, right? So within the next couple of, of months, right? So that's kind of um, the, 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 the hurdle that, you know, we need to um, overcome. Um, so, you know, if anyone in the audience can help us to, um, deploy the test, um, you know, to a wider population. So I'd be very happy to speak to them. How is working on this project compared to other things you've researched? I know you've done a lot of uh, stem cell and cancer research before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think there are some uh, similarities and difference, you know, um, you know, what is similar about this project to others is, is, um, is that my lab is just entirely focused on developing new technologies that can help people, you know, in a short term, right? So our work is very translational, uh, you know, very clinically um, driven, right? So, you know, we're really trying to develop uh, new tools and technology to, to kind of solve problems. Um, so I think in that sense, you know, this, you know, this project, you know, is exactly the same to anything else we've been working on. Uh, but the difference, of course, here uh, is, is we have a, you know, I've heard urgency, um, you know, in this COVID-19 project, um, you know, my team and my colleagues have been really working around the clock um, to get this test ready um, to everyone as, as quickly as we can. Is there anything else that you'd like the public to know about this project? Um, no, I just, you know, super excited about this project. Um, we hope to get the FDA uh, approval, um, you know, as soon as possible so we can make this available to the public. Um, and, you know, like I mentioned, um, you know, there's maybe uh, people in the audience who has, uh, you know, resources to help us to deploy this widely, um, you know, other behalf to get their help. Yeah, on behalf of all our listeners, um, thank you so much for working on this project. It's so important and vital right now to try to develop these things as quickly as possible. What is your opinion on um, the projected outcome of COVID-19? Are you hopeful for... Um, businesses being able to reopen sometime soon? Yeah, no, I'm very hopeful. Um, you know, I think I'm just, you know, as eager as everyone else, you know, to, to kind of go back to work. <laughs> but I think there's still lots of uncertainties. Um, and, you know, for example, right, so as we reopen the economy, where there be a rebound, right, of the infections, um, or, you know, will COVID-19 just go away um, by itself, you know, as we uh, enter the spring and summer, right? So, you know, we have no idea how the warm weather, um, you know, can impact on the infections, you know, hopefully in a very positive uh, way. Um, and, and uh, you know, like I said, you know, many pharmaceutical companies are reaching for therapeutics and vaccines. Um, and just, you know, this morning we heard from, uh, you know, one of these players, you know, who reported a very encouraging data. Um, so hopefully, um, you know, you, you know, in the next couple of months or by early next year, you know, we should have a vaccine uh, or like therapies to really come and help us to uh, protect um, from this virus. Uh, but you know, this is a new virus, um, and there are lots of unknowns. Um, but you know, I, you know, one thing I want to mention is that so in the meantime, you know, we can still do a lot, you know, lots of things to stop the spread of this virus, right? Um, 
and um, you know we heard a lot about you know the precautions that um, you know we heard from the public health expert. Um, you know, stay home if you can. Um, avoid going to crowd place, uh, places. Uh, if you have to go out, you know, wear a mask. Um, practice social distancing. Uh, wash hands. You know, you know. I I really think you know as as every uh, individual, um, you know, we can still do a lot, um, you know, at this point as well, um, and to stop the spread of this virus and eventually go back to school um, and go back to work um, uh, as safely as possible. Absolutely. We all need to do our part to try to end this pandemic as quickly as possible, or at least bring it under control. Um, well, we're very grateful for the important work that you're doing. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Again, that was Dr. Wei-On Zhao on his currently developing coronavirus testing research. I'm Sibel Kaler, and this has been Office Hours on KUCI 88.9 FM. Listeners, I hope you have a great day, stay healthy, and be kind to each other out there.